Broadcasting from London, Ontario, Canada to the rest of the world, it's Ask the Top. Thank you very much for tuning in to the latest episode of Ask the Top. As always, I greatly appreciate your ongoing support. On this edition of the program, the signature spot details. It's my new podcast, so I'll let you know more about that momentarily. McMahon's endorsement, the most underrated talker of all time, in my opinion, and predictions for hell in a cell, or as Vince McMahon would say, hell in a cell. For new episodes of the show, subscribe to me on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Chris Toplock. The newly redesigned ChrisToplock.com received a bit of a facelift. I enjoyed it. Let me know your thoughts. TheReactionRoom.com, a great partner. And also, you can find this show on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, iTunes, and podcast apps such as Overcast. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm easy to find. Ask the Top is my Facebook fan page. At Chris Toplock on Twitter. Instagram at Chris Tomplack and also Chris Tomplack on Google Plus. Today, I'm sipping on Shuck. It is a milkshake kettle sour, courtesy of Stormstead Brewing Company here in London, Ontario. Blueberry, apricot, vanilla, and lactose. Four point eight percent alcohol. You can smell it, but you can't really taste it. For those that don't necessarily love the beer taste and they prefer say mixed drinks they would enjoy this but as a beer enthusiast i still find this very interesting goes down smoothly you can definitely taste the blueberry and apricot still a little bit of a kick it is sour sweet but it's perfect on a warm day so i highly enjoy this beer and for that matter Stormstead Brewing Company. So if you are near the London, Ontario region or a couple hours away, worth the trip to London. We have Anderson Ales here, Stormstead Brewing Company, Forked River. We're going to have another one. I think it's Dundas Brewing Company. It's going to be a bunch in the area. So the craft beer scene is doing quite well here in the Forest City. Let's talk about the signature spot for a second. It's going to be replacing Ask the Top. Now, have no fear. The Signature Spot will be a weekly program. So you don't need to wait two weeks anymore. A weekly show. So essentially, I'm going to be covering news, rumors, show recaps, predictions, and I'm going to have discussions with guests around relevant industry topics. So if something big happens in the industry, we're going to talk about it for five to ten minutes, maybe longer. Maybe we'll make predictions together. So I have some friends who are in the industry, cover the sport, writers, individuals who host their own podcast, who I'm going to have on the show. So it's going to be a different dynamic. It's still going to be the same feel of Ask the Top, especially with you know the news, rumors, recaps, predictions, but with that new dynamic between me and some guests. So I think you're really going to like it. It's going to replace Ask the Top every Thursday. You can listen to it starting October the 4th. So my Facebook page, as an example, Ask the Top is actually going to be converted to the signature spot, and it's going to become even more interactive with live streams, polls, clips, things of that nature. I might even upload some clips. Just, you know, something happened in the week. How about a five-minute little discussion on it, right? So I want this to be more interactive. 
So more details will be provided, but this is one of the very final episodes of Ask the Top. I think probably two weeks from now will be the final episode. I even shared a link on my Facebook account where you could subscribe to the signature spot. For whatever reason, it already has like 300 some odd subscribers. I shared it on a bunch of websites. Many people subscribe. So if you could too, that would be fantastic. Love the logo. I'm excited about this on a weekly basis. So join me for the ride and I promise you, you will be entertained. Industry news and rumors. How about making history? Renee Young became the first woman to join the Raw broadcast booth full-time. So she joined the WWE in 2012. I know her from The Score up in Canada. If you have basic cable, that's channel 54. Now it's uh, Sportsnet 360. And she essentially served as a backstage interviewer and commentator on Raw, SmackDown Live, and NXT. So now she's currently part of the Mae Young Classic commentary team on the WWE Network, and that's an upgrade to Raw. That's the big show. That's the one that Vince cares about the most. It's his baby. So this is a massive accomplishment. I believe she fits in well. She's intelligent. Way better than Jonathan Coachman. No doubt about that. So again, massive upgrade. Very happy that she is the first woman to join the Raw broadcast booth. And rightfully so. She deserves it. It's not just saying, you know, let's make history or let's fill a quota. No, it's the right person. Nick Aldis defeated Doug Williams last weekend, and he has earned a rematch against newly crowned NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Cody Rhodes, or Cody, on October the 21st at the Tennessee State Fairgrounds in Nashville. Tickets go on sale tomorrow, and the entire event will be streamed on Fight.tv. And while I have a moment, I do want to basically publicly state my praise for All In. It wasn't without flaws, but man, was that an enjoyable event. Had such a great time checking it out. It's legitimately a viable alternative to a week of the WWE. I mean, it was well executed for their first event. It's clear that they could use some more seasoned producers. I mean, Cody competed and then he had to produce the rest of the show. But you know what? There's... So much momentum here for their next show and a ton of potential there. Felt a little too jam-packed at times, but there were some great matches involved. Kenny Omega, Pentagon Jr., Okada versus Marty Skrull. Um, I mean, so many others. Even though the match was cut short, the Golden Elite versus Rey Mysterio Jr., Phoenix, and, and Bandito was a great match. The entire thing was fantastic. Of course, even... Chris Jericho's surprise appearance, and Cody winning the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. So I just wanted to touch on that quickly. It was a massive success financially, critically, and also the fact that it was just a great alternative that week to the WWE and, and basically every other product out there. So I'm hoping they will run this on an annual basis. So as we move along, uh, I'm going to cover more independent wrestling on the signature spot. I wanted to add that as well. It was originally reported by Fightful.com that Vince McMahon is reportedly quite impressed with Andrade Cien Almas. Furthermore, it's being suggested that McMahon's interest started after Almas's work with AJ Styles. Not exactly surprised by that. AJ Styles has a knack for making individuals look fantastic. He sells for them. And when Almas is in there with the right dance partner, 
he truly shines, especially even with Daniel Bryan as of late. Undeniable chemistry. So if Vince is truly impressed with Almas, that's a great move because I would definitely put a championship behind him in the near future. Doesn't need to be the world championship, but at least give him a United States championship run, see what he can do, and then maybe eventually down the road, he can be a world champion. And I love Selena Vega too. Do you smell what Simone is cooking? It's also being reported that The Rock's eldest daughter, Simone, has officially begun training at the WWE Performance Center on a part-time basis. I previously noted on Ask the Top that The Rock revealed that Simone was looking to become a professional wrestler. Now, The Rock is a third-generation wrestler. This makes Simone a fourth-generation competitor and I believe the first to ever be associated with wrestling. Definitely the WWE, so unbelievable. Fifth time's charm. Congratulations goes out to the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! That was horrible. Who married his longtime girlfriend, Wendy. In fact, Dolph Ziggler and The Undertaker were both there. I'm sure uh, a slew of others were too, but there were some photos. Uh, Undertaker appeared in an Instagram story with his wife, Michelle McCool. So again, congratulations going out to him. Highlights from the week on Raw. How about Mick Foley's promo? One of the most dependable stick men in the history of of the business as he interrupted Elias, even put him over on social media claiming that he's going to be a future world champion. I hope Elias definitely gets a run down the line. And even though some did not enjoy it, I really enjoyed Kevin Owens' promo just based on the fact that he is a classic heel. All the mannerisms are there. Inflection is there in his voice. I just, I dig him so much. I just wish they did more with the angle rather than see him disappear for what, like a week? I wanted them to disappear for like two, three months, come back super bitter, inject him into the main event picture. That would have been great. But alas, did not happen. On SmackDown, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy. That was a non-title match. I believe that was the best Jeff Hardy performance we've seen in quite some time. Those two had great chemistry. I love this Nakamura, Nakamura, I should say, gimmick. Mentioned that before, but it's fantastic. Incredibly entertaining. And how about the promo between AJ Styles and Samoa Joe? It was very unique. You had AJ Styles sitting at ringside. And then you had Samoa Joe, and it told a storybook approach. Even at the end, you have Wendy, and you have the daughter, and you have Samoa Joe. And a good friend of mine was asking me, where can I order this book? Man, if I had some children, I would read that to them as a, as a bedtime story. And then he locked in the Kikina clutch, and AJ Styles went to sleep. <laughs> That'd be the greatest story ever. NXT, how about Nikki Cross versus Bianca Belair, who has money written all over her from the theme song, the look, her in-ring abilities. She's got the full package. She's going to be a star, hopefully, knock on wood, on the main roster. I've also heard the Mae Young Classic is fantastic. I have not fully caught up on it. I haven't even read the spoilers for it. Oh, I guess it's not really spoilers now. It, it's taken place. But I plan on watching it and getting fully caught up on the weekend. Um, there's some matches that do stand out. But I want to give you my take when I've actually watched it. So during the next episode of Ask the Top, I'll perhaps give you my rundown on what I enjoyed and what I did not. In terms of some questions, let's get to them right now. We have a few to get to, and then we're going to get to some predictions for Hell in a Cell. Edward, via Facebook, will Ted Turner ever make it to the WWE Hall of Fame? Ted Turner 
is at a unique spot. He was an owner, not really a promoter. He was very hands-off. Some will say he was hands-on, but I would adamantly disagree with that. So I highly doubt he will be inducted, but stranger things have happened. I would bet on Eric Bischoff being inducted far before Ted Turner. Mike Leochi via Facebook. And by the way, I should add, still sending questions. Even though the signature spot is not going to be solely focused on questions and ask the top is, and of course that's the name of the show, still sending questions and I'll bring them up on the program, and of course, maybe even during live streams as well on Facebook or Periscope. Do you think it is a smart idea by WWE to have three Becky Lynch versus Charlotte matches in a six-week span, Hell in a Cell, Super Show, and Evolution? A smart idea. And He went on to further say, if that is true, it isn't smart, and is overdoing this angle where it go for months. Okay. If the WWE along with Becky and Charlotte, can keep this feud fresh and engaging over the next six weeks, it's a brilliant move. If they can't, then it's going to die a very quick death. So you need to be inventive. I'm hoping they can do it. Listen, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, they had feuds that lasted six months to a year at times. I miss those days. You can, now mind you, Back 30 years ago, or even 25 years ago, for that matter, there might only be four pay-per-views in a year. So you would have television to build towards that, especially if it was like superstars or or primetime wrestling or something, where you could have them do a promo, and then the next week you'd have somebody else do a promo. So it is a little bit overkill because there's just so much television at our disposal. There's social media and things of that nature, too. So they could have some promos and keep them away from each other, maybe have somewhat side feuds and bring them back. But those two, if they play it very wise, could feud off and on for a while. Same with like The Miz, Daniel Bryan, even Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. So it's not overkill as long as they can keep it fresh and engaging. Bearded Warrior via Twitter, who's the most underrated talker of all time? First name that comes to my mind is Nick Bockwinkle. And I'll tell you why. He doesn't have the exposure of, say, Austin or Flair or Jake Roberts or so many others because he was predominantly in the AWA. He was well-spoken, articulate, clearly very intelligent, and extremely arrogant. He purposely spoke over the heads of most fans, which I really enjoyed, and he used his enhanced vocabulary to his advantage. Jericho's 2008 run was very much modeled after Bockwinkle. In fact, he used to talk at length about how much Bockwinkle was an influence on him. So it's uh, it's very intriguing how he's not ranked higher. You'll hear Austin, Rock, Flair, so many others that are ranked near the top. I would put personally Nick Bockwinkle in my top 10. Maybe not quite my top five, but definitely top 10. Pat Urex via Facebook. Double whammy here. Can Stone Cold Steve Austin stop Brock Lesnar? Will Vince make that match happen? Austin versus Lesnar down the road. My last question. Is WWE Canadian Owen Hart going to go into the WWE Hall of Fame? First, I hate to be the one to disappoint you, but Austin will never return to active competition. It's not going to happen. His next mess. He's been away far too long for keeping track since 2003. That's 15 years away from the ring. Far too long. And before you say, well, others have returned after that amount of time, but they were such 
a shell of their former selves. Austin would never want to come back and compete. I can promise you that. The last time that we ever saw him in the ring and may ever see him in the ring, WrestleMania 32, when he stunnered, guess who? The New Day. And, of course, the League of, uh, what was it? The, the League of Nations. Horrible uh, faction and gimmick. But we're not going to see Austin back. And as for Owen, he will eventually be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. But remember, his wife Martha is the one preventing that from happening. If it was up to the WWE, this would have probably happened, you know, six to eight years ago. And they'll make a big deal about it, as they should with Brett inducting him. But again, Martha is preventing that. Predictions. WWE Hell in a Cell takes place this coming Sunday, September the 16th from the AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas, home of arguably the greatest of all time. The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Kickoff show 6 p.m. in the East. Main card, 7 p.m. in the East. Surprisingly, only eight matches announced as of this moment. I'm sure they're going to sneak in just a few at the very last minute. For the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, it is the New Day, the champions defending against Rusev Day. Interesting stat here. The New Day have defended their tag team titles at four straight Hell in a Cell events. Just when you thought the New Day gimmick was growing slightly stale, they pull out an incredible performance that allows you to forgive the silliness. Meanwhile, Rusev Day has momentum on their side. They earned their shot at the gold after a timely place Mashka kick on the chinny chin chin of Sheamus. My prediction, the New Day will retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Daniel Bryan, leader of the Yes Movement, and his wife Brie Bella versus The Miz and his wife, Maurice, this was surprisingly the first match announced for Hell in a Cell. Now, there's a story behind this match. You have Maurice competing five months post-pregnancy. You have Bree, who came out of retirement. Daniel Bryan returned after nearly three years at WrestleMania, while The Miz has surprisingly, or, or maybe to some, expectedly become one of the most consistent performers in the industry today. Lots going on here. Who would have ever believed this match would even be a remote possibility? My prediction, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella will emerge victorious, although with how SmackDown concluded, which I felt was a very satisfying conclusion to the show, I could be very wrong on that one. Jeff Hardy versus The Viper. The Killer. Protect your earlobes, Randy Orton, in a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, that's right. Some of these are gimmick matches. Some of them are not. This one is. Jeff Hardy's performance against Nakamura was arguably his best in months. I stated that earlier. I want to repeat that. And despite the fact that Orton interfered, he still stood tall over the Viper after several timely placed chair shots, by the way. A twist of fate in a swanton. Sadly, I fully expect Jeff Hardy to take a major beating this Sunday, and his body may never be the same again. What's the over-under on a massive Jeff Hardy bump? Could you, could you imagine? I, sw I hope he does not do it. A swanton off the cage. But that's what happens. Our expectations run wild. What's he going to do? My prediction, Randy Orton will win this match. Raw Tag Team Championship. You have... Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, the champs taking on Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. How did the WWE manage to take two of the hottest performers 
in the industry today in Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and managed to cool them down. I just simply don't get it. They're still popular. They're still fantastic. But they had so much momentum on their side. And it feels like it has subsided just a little bit. They can gain it back. Seth Rollins, at the end of the year, has to rank number one or two with AJ Styles as the best performer in the business of 2018. Consistent. He can do it all. And then Dean Ambrose returning, looking motivated. Better than ever. Could they win the Take Team Championship? I don't believe so. I think Ziggler and McIntyre will retain the Raw Take Team Championship. Raw Women's Championship. You have Ronda Rousey, the champion, versus Alexa Bliss. Given how their previous match went, it's hard to imagine this rematch being even remotely competitive. But with Ronda actually showing weaknesses for the very first time since her debut... It might be a little bit more back and forth. Rousey will likely enter the match with tender ribs, be nursing that injury, and the opportunistic bliss will take advantage of the injury. This will be done in an effort to gain sympathy for Ronda, which, to be honest, I think is going to backfire because on Raw, it was, I'm not saying it was a bad performance, but it was arguably her worst to date. But she will still emerge looking dominant. Prediction Ronda Rousey retains her Raw Women's Championship. Switching gears, the SmackDown Women's Championship. I'm very intrigued with this one. Charlotte Flair, the champion versus Becky Lynch. Believe it's hell in a cell. This feud got heated in a hurry. Let's recap. Becky earned a hard-earned shot against Carmella for the championship that took months to come to fruition. Charlotte Waltz is in. Returns, wins one match, and is immediately injected into the match, making it a triple threat. Charlotte wins and becomes the new SmackDown Women's Champion, while a bitter Becky Lynch took her frustrations out on the new champion. Now ask yourself for a second, who is the real heel in this feud? You have Charlotte, who received, in my opinion, an unjustified title opportunity so soon in her return, at Becky Lynch who had to fight and scratch and claw to earn it. And here's the thing. Now that Becky Lynch finally has an edge, she's become even more endearing to the audience. But Lynch will let her emotions get the best of her, which will lead Charlotte to capitalize and retain her SmackDown Women's Championship. I really hope at some point in this feud they do a good old switcheroo here. Because Becky Lynch, even stone-faced, is still a babyface. It's all that gray area, right? Welcome to 2018. For the WWE Championship, it is the phenomenal one, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Ahead of this feud, I highly encourage you to read an article on ESPN by author, I believe it's Michael Onesover, entitled The Anatomy of a Feud. That alone got me even more excited for this match as these two have been linked together for nearly two decades. They spoke at length about their famous triple threat match, including Christopher Daniels at Unbreakable in 2005. That was TNA Wrestling. One of my top five favorite matches of all time. I go back and every single time, I am beaming with joy and pride, and they should take pride in their performances. This is a continuation from their feud that really heated up just a few weeks ago prior to SummerSlam. Their match at SummerSlam ended with a DQ after AJ Styles seemingly snapped. 
I would highly doubt they follow follow uh, rather a similar finish. But stranger things have happened. Somehow, some way, AJ Styles retains his WWE Championship, especially because now he's the poster child of 2K19. You probably want to keep that championship on him. Four, the WWE Universal Championship. You have the big dog Roman Reigns versus the monster among men, Braun Strowman. It's a Hell in a Cell match, and it should be noted the special guest referee is Mick Foley. This is the match that made him immortal. It's old as new again. These two had one of the better feuds of 2017, in my opinion. And according to Braun Strowman, he's not finished with Roman Reigns quite yet. Now, remember, this is Strowman's Money in the Bank cash-in match. You can fully expect appearances from Ambrose and Rollins, along with Ziggler and McIntyre. They're going to get involved. I just really don't foresee Reigns losing so soon. This would be his first pay-per-view defense since defeating Brock Lesnar. So my prediction is that somehow Roman Reigns retains the Universal Championship, which would be oh so disappointing for Braun Strowman to cash it in so far in advance and to lose, which was an awful, awful strategy, especially now that he's a heel. Makes no sense. So that will conclude yet another episode of Ask the Top, one of the very last episodes. In fact, it's coming up quickly. In two weeks, the finale. But that's okay. We'll get the signature spot in his place. A new weekly podcast. We'll talk more about that next week. So send in plenty of questions over the next two weeks, and I will answer them on the next episode of Ask the Top. Happy trails to you. Until we meet again.